Find other great podcasts like this one at podmoth.network. Welcome to the Ugly Radio on the Podmoth Network, a lo-fi sci-fi audio theater anthology series made for late nights and strong drinks. Join us monthly as we broadcast a pirate signal across time and space, featuring stories, songs, and frequencies from a rotating list of voice actors, writers, storytellers, and musicians. If you're looking for high-quality science fiction, skin-crawling horror, and other genre fiction, listen to The Ugly Radio on the Podmoth Network, now available wherever you get your podcasts. The Ugly Radio. See you in the void. What's up, bitch? <laughs> hey, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Cryptic Cocktail Party, a show where we have a few drinks, share a few laughs, take a dive into the unknown. I'm your host, Dave, and today I am joined by the, I don't know, every barista you've ever met in your entire life, <laughs> Luke Ferry. <laughs> this show's uh, starting off hot, wow. man. I'm sorry. Good roast. I do not have a man bun for the audience that can't see me. No, but you... you just picture that. And meme. I was a barista for a while. Yeah. <laughs> Luke looks like every meme about IPAs and latte art. Okay, but take those and you can definitely be like, okay, but he listens to black metal. Mm. Mm. If only they've seen the videos of you that I have with the long hair, the big beard, shirtless. <laughs> big ass metal boots kicking people in the pit. Yeah. Oh, so good. Uh, anyways, man, how you doing? I'm, I, I dra- drug you away, dragged, drug? I, I didn't drug you. I dragged you away from dragged. going out <laughs> with your friends for just, just a little while so we can do this. Part two, Hollow Earth. Part two. And I apologize for that. But besides that, how you doing? I'm doing fine. You know, we figure shit out. Mm. Now I'm just drinking my first one or two here instead of on a trampoline. Well, and I'm sorry, Dave. Like, hold on. Are you going to be drinking them while jumping on the trampoline? Or is he just hanging out mm. on a trampoline? You... You use the backflip, and then when you're upside down, the liquid pours straight into your stomach. That sounds like I would instantly throw up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, all right, man. Well, I'm glad you're doing good. Thanks for joining us. I, I didn't want to do part two without you because this is our series now. We have to. No, this is ours. We have to see it through. Oh, just, uh, I know who you were going to get, and he lives a town over. I fucking fist fight him no hollow, hollow earth is fucking mine no, it's, justin did back a, off my goddamn turf justin was gonna do <laughs> he was gonna come on if you couldn't but i wouldn't have done part two i would i would have I, I would have done like a filler episode just just but we're here now do you so do you, do you remember where we last left off with admiral bird in his in his mission well not mission his accidental mission into hollow earth uh the swastika people helped him land um uh, in the warm world of the North Pole where there are woolly mammoths. Yes, pretty much. So where we where we last left off, Admiral Byrd and his radio men. I forgot to mention last episode that he wasn't alone. There was a dude in the plane with him. He's unnamed. He's just called the radio man. I think 
Like, <laughs> I don't know. Um, and his, I, I don't know his name, and I did not bother finding it out. Uh, but they touched down in a beautiful, glowing, possibly Nazi-occupied city inside the hollow <laughs> earth, uh, following what was supposed to be a routine flyover at the North Pole. Uh, upon touchdown, he saw a group of tall, blonde, possibly Nazi men uh, approaching their plane and being told to exit the craft. And that's where we're going to pick back up. Do you remember all that? Yep. All right. So after Bird and his companion were taken off the plane following touchdown, he says that they were welcomed by the men in a very friendly, friendly and, quote, cordial manner. Uh, they step onto like a platform of sorts and that and Bird said they didn't have any wheels. So it was just kind of like hovering, I guess. And it starts moving towards the city with, quote, great swiftness. In my head, I picture remember at the end of uh, Revenge of the Sith when they're on the lava on Mustafar and fucking Anakin and Obi-Wan. Are, it reminds me of, like that platform. I <laughs> immediately went to much dumber than that. And oh, it was God. just like <laughs> like when you're in an airport. Mm-hmm. And they have like those like conveyor belt walkways. Oh, the moving sidewalks. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he did kind of say it was, how did he, I forget how he put it, but it, maybe he did say that. But he said, he said just on a platform and started moving. So I assumed it was like a hovering platform. Maybe you're just smarter Optimism. than I am. I, could, I don't know. So I'm also going from uh, the Visitors from Lanulos, the book that was written around the Mothman, mm-hmm. but not about the Mothman. And the guy just was like, yeah, just conveyor belts everywhere. It's the best. And I'm just like, I mean, it is the most, dude, moving platforms at airports are fucking sick because it's the best, dude, it's the most, most, it's the best way, best mode of transportation. If you're on your feet next to like cycling, it's beautiful. But anyways, (laughs) cycling, what you're not on your feet cycling. I mean, you're using your feet. It's, right, fine. it's the it's the best bipedal <laughs> mode of transportation besides bicycling. How's that? I don't know. Skipping's pretty good. Fuck you. Yeah. <laughs> so You're a frolic. They, they soon arrive at a large building that Bird described as being right out of Frank Lloyd Wright's design book and also notices that the buildings are made of some sort of crystal, which will probably explain why uh, it was had like a glowing nature to it. Now, once inside the building, Bird and his unnamed radio man are shown to their quarters and given some sort of warm beverage that bird said, quote, tasted like nothing I had ever savored before. It was delicious. End quote. I don't know if you emphasized it like that, but that's how I'm interpreting it. I'm surprised that it was delicious. (laughs) I'm surprised. I'm surprised that they they touched down into a crazy crystal city and he's offering food from them. Like he's accepting it. You got to take stock of where you're at right now. (laughs) It's fair. But, (laughs) <laughs> these people probably didn't build a crystal Frank Lloyd Wright moving sidewalk society by just murkin randos who don't know how their instruments work on their airplanes. True. But also the voice on the radio before they touched down did say something about like your Walt, like we brought you here or something like that. I don't remember exactly what it said, but anyways, after about 10 minutes, two of the tall blonde, possibly Nazi men, uh, came to their room and told Bird that he was to come with them, but his radio men must stay behind. Obviously, in no real position to say no, Bird obliges and follows the men down the hall to an elevator. Once inside the elevator, it descends down for quite some time before the doors open to reveal a long hallway that was emitting a rose-colored light that he said seemed to be coming from the walls themselves. Uh, they continue down the hallway and stop just short of a large door at the end. They stand for a moment, when suddenly the door sli- silently opens and Bird is beckoned to enter. 
Uh, obviously, he's a bit hesitant, but one of the men tells him, have no fear, Admiral. You, have, you are to have an audience with the master. Oh. <laughs> Your face dropped as soon as I said the master. I don't like that. No, no. <laughs> now, <laughs> Bird enters the room and is immediately overcome with awe as he describes the room as being the most beautiful sight of his entire existence and that the beautiful coloration of the room was too wondrous to describe and that there is no human term that can <laughs> describe it. Oh, what a cop out, dude. Fuck that. Dude, but also the <laughs> That's fact- some HP Lovecraft. Like, no, you can't even imagine it, so I can't describe it. Don't worry about it. Like- <laughs> but I like how he said there's no he didn't say like there's no word in the English language. He said there's no human term. That was like from his journey, like journal. That's a weird way to word that. I, I feel like that might be true with his level of English education. <laughs> But I, I feel like a, a more verbose man might have gotten at least a, an attempt. Yeah, just some sort of like just anything. Give me one descriptor. Yeah, just anything. Yeah. Pretty. <laughs> it's then that he snapped back to Kawhi. reality. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he just starts calling Master Senpai. <laughs> That's where I'm just hoping this goes. You're hoping this is just goes. You got to like get weird. on your knees in front of the king, you know? <laughs> That'd be a good girl. It's God damn it. It's then that it's then that he snapped back to reality when he hears a warm, inviting voice speak to him. Quote, I bid you welcome to our domain, Admiral. Uh it's when he finally real finally notices that there's a long table in the middle of the room. He sees a man, uh, the master, sitting at the head of it. What sitting at the head of it, and he describes the master as having delicate features with the etching of years on his face. End quote. Uh the master, I hate calling <laughs> the master invites Bird to sit and once seated Mr. <laughs> Mr. Master uh, places his fingers, fingertips together and smiles like I putting your fingertips together and smiling is that's like villain vibes. If I that's ever heard Mr. Burns power move. Dude. Yeah, that is not good. <laughs> but <laughs> so the master wasting no time, just cutting right to the chase, conveys a dire warning to Bird. And I'm just going to read. This whole interaction pretty much verbatim because it's wild. It's fucking metal as shit. And it kind of sounds like Bird was taking a uh, creative writing class and he's just trying to like. He was not. <laughs> it, dude. Couldn't describe a room. That, that's all I'm saying. <laughs> Couldn't even make an attempt. But also it includes uh, my new favorite term for UFOs. It's pretty good. So the master's message goes like this. He says, quote. We have let you enter here because you are you are of noble character and well known on the surface world, Admiral. And then Bird goes, "Surface world?" I half gasped under my breath. <laughs> the master goes, "Yes, you are in the do- domain of Ariani. That's the name of the, the world inside the hall. It's the city of Ariani, the inner world of the Earth." We shall not long delay your mission, and you will be safely escorted back to the surface and for a distance beyond. But now, Admiral, I shall tell you why you have been summoned here. Our interest rightly begins just after your race exploded the first atomic bombs at, over Hiroshima and Nagasaki, Japan. It was at the alar- it was at the, that alarming time we sent our flying machines, the Flugelrads. <laughs> To your surface world to investigate what your race had done. That is, of course, past history now, my dear Admiral. This is super, this is villain vibe, like, my dear Admiral. Oh, yeah. No, like, it, 
so like I'm still locked in like Fifty Shade of Grays. Yeah, and just imagining this as senpai, just because <laughs> I th- find that hilarious. Uh, but if you said that, like, my dear Admiral, and like just went on like that, like, are you gonna nuke us too? Like, yeah. do you have better bombs? Like, I mean, they might. They have a fucking city made out of crystal. I don't know if that means anything. I don't know if crystals are related to weapons. Besides kyber crystals. Yeah, I, I was weapon. wondering where you're like, yeah, I got yeah. nothing. Uh, but <laughs> he goes on, quote, but I must continue on. You see, we have never interfered before in your race's wars and barbarity, but now we must, for you have learned to temper. Said the dude with swastika <laughs> ships. <laughs> Fuck off, guy. <laughs> but, but now we must. For you have learned to tamper with a certain power that is not for man, namely that of atomic energy. Our emissaries have, al- have already delivered messages to the powers of your world, and yet they do not heed. Now you have been chosen to witness here that our world does exist. You see, our culture and science are many thousands of years beyond your race. End quote. It's then that Admiral Burt interrupts. We have conveyor belts. <laughs> <laughs> This is like 1949, so I mean that that would blow yeah, okay. someone's mind yeah, away. Yeah, that's like holy shit! I'm like walking slow, but I'm going fast. Yeah, <laughs> like, whoa, whoa. Uh, it's then that the admiral interrupts the master and is like, "Yeah, this is cool and all, but what does this like have to do with me?" And after a few moments, the master responds with, "Quote: Your race is now we have Elder Scrolls Six. <laughs> <laughs> like, okay, I'm in." <laughs> On it Now, he says, your race has now reached the point of no return, for there are those among you who would destroy your very world rather than relinquish their power as they know it, end quote. And then Bird wrote that he re- that his response to that was just him nodding, like, yeah, that tracks. Yeah, like, no shit. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they would kill all of us to stay in power. I, I totally get it. <laughs> uh, now, the master continues that, quote, in 1945 and afterward, we tried to contact your race, but our efforts were met with hostility. Our flugelrads were. Fi- <laughs> is that is that an eight letter word by chance? Because I know what my knuckle tattoos are going to be. <laughs> no, it's F L U G E L R A D S. Oh, I need like way more. You got yeah. You just need more fingies. <laughs> our flugelrads were fired upon. Yes, even pursued with malice and animosity by your fighter planes. So. Now, I say to you, my son, there is a great storm gathering in your world, a black fury that will not spend itself for many years. There will be no answers in your arms. There will be no safety in your science. It may rage until every flower of your culture is trampled. Fuck yeah, buddy. (laughs) And all human things are leveled in vast chaos. Your recent wars was only a prelude of what was yet to come for your race. We here see it more clearly than with each hour. Do you think I am mistaken? And Admiral Bird's response to that was, nah, dude, this is like 100% dead on. You are crushing yeah, it right yeah. now, master. <laughs> okay, now I'm back on Love and Bird. <laughs> he's like, just like, yeah, dude. <laughs> he's agreeing with, I mean, and none of the things he's saying, the master is saying, is wrong. Oh, no, he's spot on. I mean, spoiler alert. <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean. Things don't get better. <laughs> yeah. But at the time, like, hey, yeah. yeah. Now, this is when Bird says something. So he's agreeing with everything you said, what the master is saying. But then Bird says something here that almost makes me kind of think he he didn't fully understand what this dude was saying. And he goes, quote, this happened once. This is Bird speaking now. He said, this happened once before the Dark Ages came and they lasted for 500 years, end quote. So 
either Admiral Byrd knows of an ancient nuclear holocaust that happened in the Dark Ages, and that's why it was like that, or maybe he's like equating like the plague and the Little Ice Age to the same level as nuclear devastation. I don't know, and but I don't. It was not, and that was that's not even really like what the Dark Ages were about. That was just like stifling science. Mm. So I don't know what then, he means by that. So I don't. Think, yeah, that. Yeah, that's a left field motherfucker. I have no idea. Yeah, but then this is where it also gets weird because the master goes, yeah. <laughs> he just like, agrees. He goes, yes, my son, the dark ages that will come now for your race will cover the earth like a pall. But I believe that some of your race will live through the storm. Beyond that, I cannot say. We see at a great distance a new world stirring from the ruins of your race, seeking its lost and legendary treasures. And they will be here, my son, safe in our keeping when the time arrives. We shall come forward again and help revive your culture and your race. Perhaps by then, you'll have learned the futility of war and strife. And after that time, certain of your culture and science will be returned to your race to begin anew. You, my son, are to return to the surface world with this message. So where are we at right now? What are we thinking of the master? What are we thinking of his message to Admiral Byrd? This is a lot for a dude. (laughs) This dude flew for five hours, ended up in a weird crystal city, and now he's dealing with this shit. Like It was a big day. (laughs) Uh, first up, so the master's metal as hell, and I love it. Dude, it does get uh, super metal, like saying it, that- it. Every flower shall be crushed. Like, yeah, dude, fuck yeah, dude, it's brutal. Uh, but also, like, they're like, yeah, this happened before, mm-hmm. but it's all, like, yeah, but we like we bounce back. Like, yeah, we don't need your ass. I just, like, need, I just need to know what happened before. Like, what is he talking about? The Dark Ages, like, or, or just like, or just yeah, like, the Dark Ages was like it wasn't like a nuclear holocaust. It was just Catholics. True, but I mean, <laughs> true. The Dark Ages did have the plague. It did have the Little Ice Age, but that was like hundreds of years of it happening. I don't know, man. Yeah, it was seven hundred years ago. I think that this all might be bullshit. But and that's me. Also, <laughs> Bird had one job was to go and spread this message. Yeah. So he puts it in a book that says, do not read, no girls allowed, with a little locket. Yeah. Like, yeah. You did the worst job imaginable. So now I'm not even <laughs> mad as his son, who was like, ooh, private writings, let's publish it. His, his he was dig- like, oh, yeah. my dad fucked up. Like, <laughs> he was given one job by Senpai and couldn't fucking get it together. No, he, he really botched this because... Guess what? And was he like a famous uh, person at all? Admiral Byrd? Yeah. Yeah, he had some renown doing okay. stuff. I don't know what he did. Yeah, because until this, I haven't fucking heard of him. It's not, yeah, he's not like famous, famous. Oh, God, my dogs are going ape shit right now. We got new neighbors moving in next door. Oh, yeah. And I can already tell they're going to be fucking weird. That's me. All right. So, yeah. So, the master gave Admiral Byrd his this one job. He had one job to do. So with those closing words of the master, Admiral Byrd stood there for a moment, absorbing all that was discussed. And then admittedly, he awkwardly bowed <laughs> and then exited the room. And that is where we will continue well, next week to find out how the earth responded to this very ominous message. Spoiler alert. We did it. <laughs> Ha, 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 ha.
his journal does go on to explain like him going back to the Pentagon and stuff like that. And like trying, but this got to the Pentagon. I guess so, dude, we're going to find out next week, but I don't buy it. No. Cause this, this is the same, like this is the same message that like after world war two, when like you had the story like valiant Thor or like uh, Bill Cooper wrote about some like hippie aliens that landed in Florida and try to do the same thing, like be like, disarm all your. It's just, it's the same weird alien nonsense that whenever it's, oh, or like those fucking, um, uh, the aerial school phenomenon, those aliens came down and are like, take care of your planet. Like, I highly doubt 15 different alien races and the middle of the earth people are like, you guys need to chill. Cause I don't think, I mean, they, we do need to chill. We do, but. <laughs> like do people do this because they think that the only way humans will understand this is if some person writes in a weird book somewhere that aliens told them to do it i mean we haven't found any other reason that they do care because it just keeps happening so you know just throwing <laughs> shit at a wall and just, seeing what sticks just, like this is just one of the venues like aliens telling us to cool it just seems to be like the go-to thing for like nuclear disarmament or like better the planet and it's like bro is they're not gonna listen if we're not gonna listen to fucking aliens what are we gonna do like what do we need <laughs> we're to- not gonna listen to our constituents <laughs> nothing, <laughs> like nothing like we won't even listen to humans on earth we're not gonna listen to some fucking a- little like alien coming down and being like bro you guys are really uh fucking this up until they until it's on the news i don't really care about this i mean i'm not disagreeing with them like, yeah, we should No, probably, not by any means. Like, it, Earth is bad vibes, bro. Dude, if an alien came down and said word for word what the master said to Admiral Byrd on a nationalized, like, television thing, like, I would be shitting myself. Like, the like the flower, all oh, the flowers will be crushed of humanity and nothing will be left. Basically, scorched Earth, motherfucker. Like, I'm going to, you know, maybe I won't get a bag next time I go to the store. You know? (laughs) (laughs) I'll carry what I have. Start remembering those 15 reusable bags I have. Yeah, like... (laughs) But then I'm the idiot who forgets a reusable bag, so I end up buying another reusable bag. Now I'm just... Which is way worse. Now I just have waste. It was like today, my wife wife got new luggage because she's going uh, on a cruise to... uh, the Mediterranean in September. She got, so she got, she got new luggage. And it's, she says like, she's like, Ooh, this is the first carbon neutral, uh, luggage company. And I was like, yeah, but it still has to go on a plane. Like, that's the point of lo- Like, it's not carbon and neutral a plane and a boat. And yeah, like, it's like, yeah, you took that one aspect out. Yeah. Cause I'm pretty sure carbon neutral has to do with like the delivery process to like, it doesn't, it has to factor in everything that it's used for. Right. <laughs> Realistically, what it is, is they use a bunch of carbon to mm-hmm. make the product and then they buy off carbon offsets. Yeah. But no, they pay for a grove of trees for a little bit. Yeah. Cause they're not, it's not really, it's not carbon. That's what carbon neutral is. is they, they, they're, they're still polluting, but then they like buy a jungle and they're like, nah, see, it's cool because this jungle's here. The, which they're yeah, gonna... this, the trees work for us. <laughs> <laughs> they're putting in the... They're like ants, but all they do is breathe. I mean, ants can't really do much more. But yeah, so that is... Oh, oh whoa. <laughs> I don't know. You see those dudes fucking whipping rocks and... It's true. Magic of the... Two towers, dude? Magic the Gathering came out with a uh, Middle Earth set 
It was pretty cool, but I don't I don't remember seeing any end cards, which I'm pretty bummed out about. Well, then fuck the whole thing. <laughs> Fair enough. You think uh, I give a shit about hobbits? No. <laughs> there's like 15 different Gandalf cards. I was like, all right, just just cool it. What, it shit, calm. The only calm the only cool card <laughs> you, that, you you're allowed two gray and white. There's a cool there is a one cool card though, and it's this is we're so far off topic right now, but it's the end of the episode, so who cares? But there's one cool card, and it is it's an artifact, and I'm pretty sure it's just the Balrog's whip. And that's Ooh. that's pretty sick. That's pretty cool. <laughs> All right, Luke. So where are where are we so far in the story? We got we got Admiral Byrd and his radium and flying across the the Arctic, the, the, not the Arctic, the uh, the North Pole, getting sucked into a tunnel. There's a mammoth. They're possibly Nazis. Uh, the name of the the name of the city is called Areola or something like that. And now the master <laughs> is uh, telling him the world's doom, and now he has to spread the word. Where are we on the story? Like what do you? How you? So feeling? where we are is where I assign you homework. Mm-hmm. I want you to put in a freedom of information request Dude. about Bird. I feel like that's going to take a Shit's lot more. Dec- <laughs> I think that's going to take this. a while. You got this. I don't even know how to do a FOIA request. I'll, I should figure it out though. That'd be cool to figure out how to do it. That would be, dude. If we can be the ones to fucking drop this info. Yeah, all right. And, like, realistically, all you could prove is that some guy showed up to the Pentagon and did say these things. I wonder how this... Does this tie into Valiant Thor, you think? Maybe. It's the same message, but... We're getting off topic. It, yeah, but... Get, oh God, then that's tying... If we're just going by message, we're tying fucking everything. That's fair enough. <laughs> all right, well... Thank Except you. for all of the alien experiences that I actually believe the people did see that. Yeah, because the ones that seem more real are maybe we don't trust these dudes. Oh, the aerial school phenomenon. I kind of believe that one. I only kind of believe that one just because it was children. And if I went into a room of like 20 children and I was just like three, four and blue and then walked out for 15 minutes and be like, what did I just say? Maybe two of them are getting it right. That's what they are. <laughs> They all remembered the message and described it in the same way. It's like kids aren't good at things. True, but they're they're research. I'm faster. I am better at math. It, like, if you came to me, okay, maybe I have a little bit more thinking skill. I don't. Like, I <laughs> lost it there. <laughs> but the thing is with the aerial school phenomenon, there it was kind of flawed because they interviewed the kids like five in a room at a time instead of one on one. So they all kind of played oh, off of each other. I've never heard that before. That's and, stupid. And oh. then also, so the first investigator came down, some lady from like the UK, and she talked to all the kids, and not one of them brought up a message of like, save the planet, stop polluting. It was only when the other guy came in. And when he Optimistic started, Johnny comes in. And he like. started interviewing <laughs> them, and he was also a well-known advocate for like, save the ocean, save the whale, save the planet kind of thing. And he kind of, so the, I guess I never heard that. That sucks. Well, if you never heard that, maybe you should go listen to our episode on the aerial school. (laughs) 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 All right, everyone. Thank you so much for listening. Don't listen to this podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you so much for coming on. I appreciate you taking time out of your day. I know it was a, it was kind of a shit show, but um and I still got cryptids and drinking so like yeah so uh yeah, business as usual <laughs> everyone go follow luke on instagram at spring hill luke uh like you said last episode it's mostly just pictures of his cats pinball every once in a while some hiking photos and stuff like that uh that's see. all i got to plug yeah uh follow us on instagram at and my cat's cute as fuck it is true cat is cute as fuck 
Uh, follow us on Instagram, Crypto Cocktail Party. Nope, Crypto Cocktail. Sorry. <laughs> Instagram is Crypto Cocktail. Follow me on Twitter at Crypto Cocktail. Follow me on TikTok, Crypto Cocktail Party. Uh, go pre-order a shirt, Crypto Cocktail at somewhere. Link will be in the description. I don't even know where to buy the shirts. And with that, Luke, do you want to say goodbye to everyone? Bye, senpai.